0: So this week we are diving in to 19 and 20. Um, and I've decided that, um, so when we first started this study, it was gonna be a 12 week study up into these chapters. But then I was like, you know, it'd be really great to keep moving forward, right? Um, but I do think it'd be a good idea to take a little break for a while. So after this week, we're gonna wait and then take a break off through April and then restart probably mid um, May. And then the high, the high school boys, the, the guys are also going to be study, starting a Bible study in mid-May, so we'll kind of be syncing up with them in a way, where, like, it'll be the well groups meeting on Tuesday nights, together but separately. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so after tonight, sadly, we are going to take a little break, but then we'll be back in May, and we'll just continue in Exodus, which will be really fun, because Exodus is a great book, an awesome book. So um, I'll send it in the message, too, for anyone that's not here, but... Yeah, so a review from last week or two weeks ago. Moses intercedes for the people by hitting the the rock, and then basically he learns that in order to be a good leader, you need help from people in your life as well. Um, so this week is a really big week. So God's going to give the people te- the t- great Ten Commandments, and probably most of us have heard the Ten Commandments or can at least name a few. So when you guys think of the Ten Commandments, what are some like first things that come to your mind? Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not. Thou not kill. Thou shall not kill. Yeah. Yes, it's a good one.
1: Moses, um, like, come down the mountain originally, and they saw he like saw all of them, and like he smashed them. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We we'll talk about that in May. Okay. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs>
0: but yeah you're right he this has the first a, thing that
1: comes to mind is his little yeah, tantrum.
0: yeah how he sees them misbehaving and already making new idols and then he's like ah destroys the 10 commandments yep yeah what else are some things that come to your mind when you think of the 10 commandments i think of do not steal the oh sabbath day
2: I was going to say, I read through it uh, a few days ago, last week, sometime mm-hmm. I think, and that one stuck out to me. Yeah. That he commanded us to have a Sabbath
0: day. Yeah. It's a good command. Yeah, I know. We're like, yeah, don't lie, don't steal, don't kill. I can understand those. But then it's like, take a rest day, and you're like, heck no. <laughs> I'm not doing that. But yeah, God commands it, so it must be important. Um, So Exodus 19 is not where the Ten Commandments are... Like told is not when God tells them, but it's the setup for the Ten Commandments. So God is like setting the stage for giving Moses the Ten Commandments by revealing His holiness to the people. So God has Moses bring the people to Mount Sinai, um, and He tells Moses to climb the mountain and meet Him. And all the people stay at the bottom of the mountain, but they're not allowed close to the mountain because the presence of God is going to come on top of the mountain, and it's going to be so like powerful and crazy and magnificent that if they're too close to the mountain, they're going to just like shrivel to pieces. So God's like, okay, Israelites take like five steps back. I'm going to come down. You're going to meet me. You're going to see me. I'm going to give you the rules and you're going to experience basically my holiness and my power. That way, when I tell you these rules, they have some, they have, you have like a reason to follow them because they're coming from this mighty, holy God. Um, so God is setting the stage to give them rules. Um, so in verses 4 through 6, which is where we start today in chapter 19, um, the Lord speaks to Moses and he says, You yourselves have seen what I did on the, to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession among all people, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These, words that you shall speak to the, these are the words you shall speak to the people of Israel. Um, so yeah, kind of crazy that Moses is literally going up the mountain right now. He's about to meet with God. He's going to have like this one-on-one meeting with God, which is so crazy to think about. Imagine climbing up a mountain, knowing you're about to talk to the God of all creation. Um, I guess Moses has like talked to God before, but this is a little different situation. Um, and God tells Moses a few things. He reminds them that he saved them. He reminds Moses, I saved you from the Egyptians. I saved you from slavery. Um, I bore you on eagles' wings. What kind of picture does that put in your mind, that God bore the all the Israelites on e- eagles' wings?
3: That uh, it was just him that did it.
0: Yeah, it was him alone. They did nothing. They just kind of sat there on his wings. Is that kind of what you're saying? Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah God did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like this picture of, like, peace and freedom. They're just, like, sailing out of Egypt. God is bearing them on his eagle's wings. Mm-hmm. And he brings them to himself, um, which is, like, the safest place in the world, right? Being with God in his will, in the presence of God, is the safest place we can be. Um, and then he says, now I want you to obey me and live your life for me. He says that um, the people of Israel are God's possessions. They're his treasures. Um and they're going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Um, and if you guys have read through the New Testament before, you might recognize this. But 1 yeah. Peter 2, 4 through 6 and verse 9 talk about how we, New Covenant believers, are also a king. We are a kingdom of priests. We're a holy nation, a people set apart for his own possession. So this is like we are living in the fulfillment of what God is saying right here, which is really cool to think about that we are still God's people we are a kingdom of priests. if you know Jesus as your savior, you are god's treasured possession you're his you he looks at you and he sees value and importance and worth and he sees you as his creation, um, which is just really encouraging to my heart and I hope it's that for you um, so these verses are amazing. God is reminding them once again that he saved them because we need reminding right we forget we forget that we are saved from sin we forget that we are saved from death we forget that God saved us that God bore us on eagles wings that God treasures us and loves us and calls us his own people we need to be reminded Um, so God is abundantly gracious and he's showing to the people that he loves them but he didn't just save them just for fun right he didn't save them and then say all right go live however you want I'm gonna take you out of Egypt save you from sin and just like you know have fun out there he like he's like no I have rules for you and I saved you for myself I saved you for a purpose and that purpose is to live for me to be set apart for me Um, And so he's telling them, okay, now it's time to take that next step forward. Um, So you guys, do you guys think that this is a reasonable request for God to say, now your whole life belongs to me? Yeah? Why?
3: He knows better than us.
0: Yeah, he knows better than us. Yeah, he he saved their whole life. So their whole life belongs to them. I think of um, in Toy Story when, is it Buzz Lightyear that saves them? (laughs) The two little alien toys, <laughs> and they're like, what are they? no, We are eternally Mr. grateful. Mr. Oh, oh yeah, Mr. Patina, which makes it even better. That's like how we are to God, except not in such a robotic way. But God saved our lives, and we are literally eternally grateful, and that should motivate us to live every single day, every single moment to His glory for His purpose. Um, so the same thing goes with us. Like I was saying, God didn't save us just to save us from our sin, polish us off, and then allow us to keep living however we want. He says, I saved you for myself. I chose you for myself to live out a life that I have planned for you to glorify my name and to build up my kingdom. We don't get to live this life on our terms. We live this life on God's terms, not out of duty, but out of love. Um, which is really hard to do sometimes because sometimes God's plans for us are so different. Um, so yeah, if you get the chance this week, you should look over 1 Peter 2. It's just a really awesome chapter telling who we are in Christ. Because of Christ, we are a chosen race, a, a priesthood, a people set apart for his own possession. We're all these wonderful things. Um, and just a really good reminder. Um, ooh, am I talking really fast?
1: I feel out of breath. Um...
0: <laughs> All right, so verses 10 through 15, um, the Lord tells the people of Israel that they need to get themselves ready to basically meet up with him. He tells them that they need to consecrate themselves. So I'll read this for us real fast. Uh, The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people, And you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up on the mountain, to touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds, a long blast. Did I read past? No, I'm good. Sorry. When the trumpet sounds, a long blast, they shall come up onto the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, be ready for the third day and do not go near a woman. Whoa, Moses. (laughs) I feel attacked.
4: (laughs) Um, uh,
0: So what does it mean to be consecrated? I think we may have talked about that before. But what does it mean to consecrate? Consecrate concentrate. 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 (laughs) Yeah, what does that mean? I don't
4: remember.
0: You don't remember? That's okay. Anyone else remember? Kind of a weird word. It basically means to, like, get yourself ready, to set yourself apart. Um, So I think of, like, big things in our life, like, um, what's, like, a big event that happens to people in their life? Like, like a wedding day, right? You spend months and months and months preparing for the day and then usually the day of you wake up early and you get ready and you get beautiful and you go get married because it's a big day and you get yourself ready you set yourself apart um or like when you have a baby you spend months and months and months preparing and buying things and then you pack your bags and then you go through the nesting phase and you get everything ready and then you have the baby you set everything apart um or like the first day of a job like you print out all the paper you need um, you fill out all the forms you need, you get your best outfit on, you do your makeup, you do all the things you need to do to feel confident on your first day of work. You set, a, you set yourself apart for that day. So that's what God wants them to do here. He wants them to do things to set themselves apart, to get themselves mentally prepared and physically prepared to meet the Lord. Um, so what are some of the things that God tells them to do in verses 10 through 15? <laughs> Yeah, wash your clothes. They're probably dirty. Uh, Everyone go
4: wash. God
0: has a sensitive smell. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, my I my can smell you guys from up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 He wants he wants them to wash their garments, to come in like their best attire to be clean. Yeah, what else does he tell them to do or not to do? Yes, do not go to the mountain, or you will be shot or you'll be killed. It's, he's very serious about that. Don't go near the mountain. There's this like element of fear around the mountain, around the presence of God, that they're not holy enough to be around the presence of God, which we'll talk about again at the end. But and then this weird comment at the end, which as women rubs us the wrong way because we're like, oh, we're the issue. Uh, okay. Um, yeah,
3: what did you my say? Is like- don't
0: have sexual relations yes yeah, yeah which i yeah. wish is the, how they translated this one this one's a bit more <coughs> why <laughs> be ready on the third day and do not go near a woman which basically just means don't have sex just for the next like few days don't have sex um and at first i was like that's kind of weird because like we know that like sex within marriage is totally fine like why would people have to not have sex but in first corinthians 7 5 um it basically says that sometimes married couples choose to refrain from sex from sex just to, like, focus their minds on the Lord. So I guess it's, like, one of those things that God just wants them to not have any distractions at all. He wants all their attention, all their focus to be on him. Um, So, yeah, you guys can look at that verse, too, if you're ever interested. 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Um, So God says, be set apart, get yourselves ready. I'm coming. It's going to be a big day. Um, But there's also this element of fear um, around the presence of God. Um, And then looking at verses, why am I out of breath? Am I talking fast?
4: Are you going to read verses? We can read them.
0: Yeah, maybe you guys can read them. We <laughs> <laughs> took, like, a water break or something. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, 16 through 20, if anyone would like to read those. <laughs> uh, on the morning
4: of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet, trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered from smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace, and the whole mountain trembled violently. As the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. The Lord descended on the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses went up.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Kayla. Um. So, what is happening as God comes down on the mountain? What are some of the, the descriptions of what's going on?
3: There's a loud trumpet blast. Yeah. Loud.
0: Yeah. I read in a commentary that, like, this trumpet was obviously not from a human being. Like, it was so loud, so magnificent, that, like, everyone there was like, oh my gosh, like, that's from heaven. And I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, what else do you guys see?
1: It was wrapped in smoke.
2: Yeah.
1: He descended on it in fire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a volcano
4: eruption.
0: Yeah. Thunder, lightning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. The so s- the, smoke the smoke around the mountain is kind of like trembled.
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm.
0: it's like a yeah. The smoke around the mountain is kind of like <laughs> and like the fire coming down from heaven. Like imagine being wow. there, and seeing like the presence of God come down in fire like oh i would never disobey god ever again if i saw him coming down on the mountain with fire and the whole mountain is trembling and what are the people doing this whole time
3: they are trembling
0: they are trembling yeah they're terrified right god when you come face to face with the holiness of god sometimes all you can do is just tremble and fear Um, The presence of God is terrifying for people like us who are sinful and finite and small. Um, God is so holy, powerful, and amazing um, that the presence of Him, even on a mountain far away from them, made them tremble with fear, which is interesting because for us today, I don't know the last time that I trembled in fear before the Lord, right? And I think part of that is, I mean, a lot of that is that I don't fear God in the way that I'm terrified of Him like I'm watching a scary movie, because I know that my debt has been paid, my sins are forgiven, Jesus stands in my place. But that doesn't take away from the reality that God is so holy, powerful, and mighty that his presence makes people tremble. Um, And this God has rules and regulations for the life he wants his people to live. Um, So for you guys, how do you think a passage like this adds to your understanding of what it means to fear God?
3: it makes me wonder, like, how we're supposed to fear him now, like, whenever we're, like, in his presence, because yeah. back then, they didn't have Jesus' blood, like, mm. they didn't have Jesus, they didn't have that advocate, they didn't have that, like, um, uh, I forgot what it's called it, the first, like, they mm. didn't have Jesus. Yeah. Like, yeah. they didn't have anything to, like, actually intercede for them, so of course it was terrifying to them, but now today, we do feel the presence of God, like, it makes me wonder, like, it's still powerful, but like, it's going to be powerful like in a different
0: way yeah and it's really it's really cool yeah it's really cool yeah because we're not we're not at mount sinai right now mm-hmm. like because of jesus we're, we're somewhere else even though this god hasn't changed right yeah yeah how else how does this add or maybe even confuse your understanding of the fear of the uh-huh. lord So I believe that the fear of the Lord, there is some sort of aspect of it that we should have that, like, like, oh, he's so holy. Like, I, I do actually fear him, just like you fear, like, a parent who, like, can discipline you and, like, you respect them. Um, but maybe even a little bit more than that, because I think throughout the Bible, anytime people have interactions with God, even in, like, the New Testament, like, when Paul ran into Jesus on the road um, to Damascus... He, like, is totally wrecked by the presence of God. Like, I think it's okay to be wrecked by the presence of God because he's holy. Um, but I think that sometimes we, I, and I'm so guilty of this, too, because I think that if I truly understood how big and mighty and holy God was, I think that so much of my life would be changed. I think I'd be so much less selfish. My problems would seem so much smaller. And I would want to live every single day for him. And it would be not tempting to live for myself. But um I was sitting with two girls in a coffee shop they're they were high school girls that had just both of them were new believers like within the past six months and we were studying a a passage in John together I don't really remember what but I asked them like what they would do if I think it was the the passage in John where, where the presence of God comes down when Jesus is getting baptized and he's like this is my son and everyone believe in him you know he, did, he said something better than that. but um, And I was like, what would you guys do if, like, God appeared, like, in this coffee shop with us right now? And one of the girls was like, oh, I'd offer him a cup of coffee. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, girl, you'd be dead. Like, <laughs> and, and it's just, like, this understanding of, like, no, like, if we were in the presence of God, like, if God came down right now in these, like, sinful bodies that we're in, we would be just, like, shriveled because he's so holy. Um, he's so powerful that we absolutely would be obliterated if he came into the same room as us, but praise the Lord for Jesus. And when we go to heaven one day, we won't just be like disintegrated because Jesus stands in our place. Um, so chapter 19, like I said, is this stage. It sets the stage for the 10 commandments. Um, so why do you think chapter, what about chapter 19 is so important when it comes to understanding the 10 commandments? Why do you think God took the time to do what he did in chapter 19 before giving the Ten Commandments?
4: Yeah, why,
0: why is chapter 19 so important when it comes to understanding the Ten Commandments?
4: I think it just shows like, how like, serious they are because like God like, literally came down. To like Earth mm. for this and like cause this whole like mm. movie scene just to like go yeah. down and like yeah. show everyone like how powerful he is and stuff. So just like this is why you need to listen to this. Mm. Like I've I've come here so like
0: mm.
4: not dramatically but like dramatically to like right. show you why you need to listen. You
0: yeah, know? yeah. Like he got their attention. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, for sure. It definitely seems like a movie scene, too, like you said. Yeah. Yeah, the people had to see the power of God and his holiness to give them a reason to follow the rules. Like, when people give you a list of rules, you usually don't take them seriously unless the person is worthy of being followed, right? So, like, if some, like, random person you never met comes up to you with a list of rules and tells you to follow them, you're just probably going to throw it in the trash on your way out of wherever you're at because you're like, I'm not going to do any of this stuff. I don't even know this person. But if you interact with that person, if they have authority in your life or if you look up to them or respect them and even love them, you're going to be so much more likely to follow those rules because of who they are. And that's what God is doing here. He's saying, here I am in all my holiness and my glory and my splendor. And here are the rules I have for you. Um, and which is what he does in chapter 20, verses 1 through 2. He, he declares who he is. He reminds them who he is. He says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Um, and then he dives in to all the Ten Commandments. And we're going to th- go through them one by one, but it should be pretty fast. Um, so there's ten of them. And the first one is, you shall have no other gods before me. Um, so he's saying that it's me and me alone, that all those gods of Egypt I destroyed, I put them to shame, and I'm the only God that exists. You shall have no other gods before me. He is the great I am. Um, and then connecting to that, he says, you shall not have any carved images. Um, so people people around the Israelites and throughout the whole world, in order to worship gods, they would make carved images to the, of them and like bow down to them or do rituals with them. And God doesn't want his people to be like, anything like the surrounding people groups so he's saying don't have any carved images sorry you can have that (laughs) don't have any carved images um and don't bow down to anything and for us today we're not really gonna make an idol and bow down to it right even though that does still happen today like I think of the people that worship rocks and stuff like that that's totally carved idol worship but we usually don't come uh, like across very much of that today um, and then the next one is an interesting one. and I want to take time to talk about it. Um, but it says you shall ne- not take the name of the Lord in vain. So what comes to your mind when you hear this commandment? Like, don't take the name of the Lord in vain. What comes to your mind? What should we not do?
1: i always, like, thought of it as, like, saying, like, oh my. And, like, yeah. 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 Gosh darn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't even, like, like say it. You know, yeah. yeah
0: yeah
1: or like i don't know being uh, raised in like a public school and everything mm. everyone's always saying like the name of jesus but it's yeah. like it was like an exclamation
0: like they don't know yeah. the name yeah. yeah
1: yeah
0: i remember i said like oh my god once in front of my mom i thought i was gonna die <laughs> like, <laughs> like <laughs> i was like i'm ooh. yeah <laughs> yeah i i just think of like you know that was like a, a big rule in our house was like don't do that
4: yeah that, my dad was going to Yeah I
0: was Yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so why do you think like hearing when whenever like something like that accidentally slips out of our mouths or we hear it from someone else why does it make us like cringe a little bit
3: I think it's cuz like we realize what that name means yeah like when like the name is, like, used in that way, like, it kind of makes us cringe because we're like, whoa, like, like that, that name means, like, like, what that is. Like, yeah. like he's he's literally everything. Like, mm. he's so powerful. And, yeah, we're using it in a way that's, like, so... That's, like, supposed to make us look good and mm-hmm. supposed to, like, relieve us. And yeah. I, don't, I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Yeah, it it's just not it just doing the name means, yeah.
0: justice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I... This commandment doesn't exactly mean don't say, oh my, G-O-D. Don't say, don't swear on Jesus' name. Like, it's it's not saying specifically that, even though, like, that is definitely an implication. Because usually when we're saying those things, it, we're not actually, like, praising the name of God or, like, recognizing who he is. Um, but this hit me really hard. But this also means that, like, any That we use the name of god or like we're in a place where we're supposed to be recognizing the name of god and we're not like actually doing it we're disobeying this commandment so like the commentary that i was sending out of said that even when you're worshiping and you're like praising the name of god like oh god how great you are and you're not actually thinking about how great god is you're kind of just zoning out in that moment you're taking the name of the lord of in vain because you're not thinking about what you're saying about god And I was like, huh, that's crazy. How often do I just zone out when I'm worshiping or when I'm talking about God and I'm just saying the things that I know I should be saying or singing the things I know I should be singing, but I'm not actually meditating on what that means, who he is, how great he is. Um, Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Do you guys have any thoughts on that, on like our overall heart posture when we're worshiping or talking about God with our friends?
3: I never like fully understood what that commandment really meant. Yeah. But that really does like make sense. It's yeah. really
0: interesting. And it really like expands it in a way. Mm-hmm. Where it, and it makes it more about our hearts too. Yeah. 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 It means so much more than just don't say his name if you don't mean it, but don't worship if you don't mean it. Yeah. And yeah.
4: <laughs>
0: yeah. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, next one. One that hits us harder. Remember the Sabbath day. Delaney, why is this one one that was h- harder for you to read?
2: It just feels weird that it's equal to the other ones. Yeah. Like he's like, oh yeah, don't kill somebody, but also if you don't do the Sabbath that day, that's just the same.
0: Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's like that. because
4: we don't do it. Like. Yeah. No, I feel like hardly anyone in our culture today does. Right. Like, I think it's so hard because, like, you just aren't expected to work five days a week or whatever. So it's like, how am I supposed to get anything done if I'm not using my weekends? Mm So it's just, like, it's crazy that all these other things that, like, majority of us don't murder people, majority of us don't steal, like, but the majority of us don't take this out of the day. So it's just, like, crazy that this is, like, the one commandment that just kind of got lost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because in our minds, it's not that big of a deal if we don't take a day to, yeah. like, have a Sabbath. Yeah. It just, yeah. It seems like a good thing to just work yourself every day. But
4: God, like off. To, to, like to just minimize, like, okay, well, I went to church today. Yeah. Like, I went to my Sunday church, but it's, like, the whole day mm. should be, like, Sunday church. Like, yeah. It shouldn't just be limited to, like, the two hours that we're here. For sure. Like, it's hard to do yeah it's really
0: hard to do and it's so tempting I struggled with this last week on my day off to just like numb out and just be like all right I don't have to work today so I'm gonna watch like a bunch of shows and I'm just gonna lay on my couch and do nothing and it's not actually restful like sure in the moment it's nice to just turn your brain off but like that's not truly sad A thing if you're if like when I'm doing that yeah Why do you guys think right now this is, like, the hardest commandment for our culture and society?
3: I think, like, for myself, like, I think it's because I forget the one who, like, gave the commandment in the first place. Like, there's a reason why God gave that commandment. Yeah. It's so then the Israelites would literally be forced to have faith in him. Hmm. Like, that's why he said, don't work on Sunday. But they're like we need all seven days to farm like that is impossible like that's what we need to do and god said no i am in charge of all the farmland this is me showing you my faithfulness so you know me better and i think for me like i just struggle remembering who it is who i am entrusting that time to Mm. and how he's actually gonna be faithful through it, actually show me himself through it yeah and that's how you're able to develop that relationship like that's what god originally intended and it didn't work out because Jesus mm-hmm. wasn't in the intercessor of
4: yeah. but
3: um I don't know. It's just I forget who it is who like gave me that commandment and that like even if like in my head in the moment like it feels like this is not gonna work out. Like this is never ever gonna work
4: out. God says, No,
3: you know nothing. <laughs> yeah <laughs> It is gonna work out. Yeah. I know so much more than you. I'm literally the provider of everything i'll give you everything that i want to give you and that i know you need Mm. and he's like also made that known before he's like hey look i know you need this stuff and i might not give you everything you want but i will give you everything you need it's what he promises right and it helps us to understand him and actually know that he exists Mm. we can't see him we don't like see him like thundering over mountains he doesn't do that anymore but he definitely does like show us his faithfulness yeah so i think that's like one of the ways that he just like shows the israelites who he is he's not Mm. only this big thundering Thing I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. He's also a caring and loving father, and he yeah. wants us to know that. Right. So that's why he gave that command in the first place. Yeah. Ah. Oh,
0: you explained that perfectly. I love what you said that the reason that this exists is because we need to trust in him, and just like a habit of trusting him. Every week, we're reminding ourselves: I trust him on this day. I trust him on this day.
3: And it brings him into our lives. Like,
0: yeah.
4: It makes him actually a part of our lives. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, So good. So good. Yeah.
4: Um, like, I wonder, like, I feel like for the majority of people, like, this is something that, like, we could do. Like, we could, like, rearrange our lives like this possible. What do you think, like, or, like, how do you think the application hmm. should be for people who are, like,
1: yeah. firefighters,
4: where it's, like, there's a fire on a Sunday, someone's got to put it out, or, right. like, if someone's going to the ER, there's got to be a doctor there to take care of them and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. How do you think that, like, this could still be applied, mm-hmm. like, when you're in, like, a position like that, where, like, you actually can't really take a right. day off, you know. Yeah. Are you asking me or everybody? I guess just everybody. I know. I, you don't have to answer. Yeah, that is like, is like
0: such a good about. question because not everyone has like the opportunity to just take a full day off of work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like, um, like you've said this to me before. Like God has such grace when it comes to like single mm-hmm. mothers. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same for like um, any other kind of job where you're needed any time like just take that time where you need it where you can um and god understands that and as long as you're making that effort i feel like that it shows shows Yeah.
0: yeah yeah for sure yeah and i think of jesus who like healed on the sabbath traveled on the sabbath like his disciples did stuff on the sabbath Because they weren't locked into the rule. They were locked into the heart posture of trusting God Mm -hmm. and having a habit in their life of depending on him in radical ways. And so I don't think it's as much as like, all right, have a day where you're not doing anything, that you have no Mm -hmm. plans. But it's like, have a habit in your life, whether it's a day or like a morning or an evening, where you're just focusing on the Lord and trusting him with something.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know. Would you guys agree with that?
2: Mm Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: It doesn't have to be Sunday. Yeah. Know you work on Sunday.
0: <laughs> yeah, Sundays would be hard for me to take off. I'd get fired. <laughs> yeah, and, like, people like firefighters that, like, get called in. I mean, if there's, like, a wildfire and they're working every single day, that makes sense. But I think that you can also set boundaries in your life where you're, like, on Tuesdays, I'm not going to get called in or... It, or if i do get called in on tuesday i'll try to take off thursday but if it doesn't happen this week that's okay you know i don't know do you have any thoughts on your own question i don't
4: know i'm just curious yeah like, i think like it's hard i feel like just everything in general like sometimes like some of these like we take really literally like do not for yeah just do not murder but like right. things like this like I feel like you can just interpret it differently For and like there's sure. different ways that you can do this and like honor this commandment I'm hmm. so just like curious what like thoughts are on like how yeah. to do so that's like still abiding by what he says but that's like more interpreted into like yeah. the world in 2020
0: right too. Yeah. yeah and then I think of people that are like single parents or maybe they're in a really hard spot and they have to work day shift and night shift and they're getting like four hours of sleep and like if they read this they're thinking no way I can't take a day off I'll starve and so and and again it comes back to trusting and leaning in but yeah it's a tough commandment because it can be so fluid I guess in different people's lives but it is all about our hearts and like if we're actually honoring the lord and what we do but yeah that was a good talk um then the fifth commandment is honor your father and mother we probably all know this one um it's a like god created an order in creation um he made a specific order for everything and that doesn't mean that the order stayed perfect after sin right god made the order perfect and then sin happened and then it corrupted some of the order so that's why Like, God created an order of, like, husband and wife. But sometimes because of sin, divorce happens or abuse happens. And those things are wrong and terrible. But because of sin, God's perfect order was distorted. Um, And this goes with mothers and fathers, right? In God's perfect world, a mother and a father perfectly care for their child. And they raise them and they want what's best for them. And that child honors them. Um, That's God's perfect order. Um, And some of us have awesome moms and dads. Some of us have moms and dads who you don't look up to, or maybe they've made decisions that you don't necessarily agree with. Um, so how would you guys say you can still honor your parents, even if they are not believers or they don't make choices that you agree in? What does it look like to honor your parents and to fulfill this commandment, even when it's difficult to? I appreciate
2: you, sticking out. Oh yeah. <laughs> A big way for me is how I speak about certain things that have happened. Yeah. Mm. So, th- I mean, there's there's two ways I could tell the same story. Mm. And one is God honoring, and the other is, you know, like, oh, this happened to me. Mm. Like, they did this to me. And that's mm. just not the big way to do it. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Wow. Which I'm sure is so hard. Oh, yeah. It took forever to learn, and I mess up all the time. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. I think that's just evidence of the spirit working in you. But yeah, that's hard. But even something little like that is honoring them.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow, that's good.
2: It's just like one different word could change mm. the whole pre- trajectory of the sentence. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. And even like your tone, yes. too. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's very wise. Yeah. How else? What else do you guys think you can honor your parents? Even if they're not believers or they make choices that you disagree with. Can
2: I add one more thing? Yeah. That I just said? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean, just because you honor them in your speech, that doesn't diminish what happened.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That
2: was a big thing that that s- got me stuck for a minute because I was like, well, this happened. I should be able to tell it like that. Mm. And you can still tell it to the full extent of what happened without using right. such harsh words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's
0: not bad, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's like one of those things where it's like, yes like it's like when it comes like forgiving someone that doesn't mean that you're saying that what they did was like totally fine and you're not hurt at all and I think a lot of that is is healthy to be understood of like even though you're talking this way about them doesn't diminish like you said what they did or said or how they yeah yeah I think it's too like even if like they're not
4: necessarily actively in your life or like you have mm -hmm. to choose like what's distance between like for like whatever reason or just like for your own like yeah. and mental health like still like actively praying for them and like mm. wishing the best for them yeah which like is definitely struggle like I struggle with that but still like keeping that in mind but it is definitely crazy like going on with Delaney's point like stuff you like can read about like mm. there's like people who like murder and do all these terrible things and like yeah. people like show to trial and still be like I forgive you like yeah. you know you took like my mom my sister whatever out of the world but like I'm going to choose to, like, let go of the resentment and forgive you because, like, at the end of the day, that resentment is standing in between you and God. It's right, not wait. actually doing anything to, like, bring that person back or, like, it's not actually going to affect that right. person who did that to you. It's just, like, affecting yourself. And I think that's, like, really hard to get to, yeah. I imagine. And, like, really difficult.
1: was oh, so hard.
0: And I really think that kind of forgiveness, like, those crazy stories you see of like people showing up to trial and like telling a murderer that they forgive them for yeah. like that it's really got to be the spirit of god working in that person because yeah. you can't just muster that up by your own strength yeah, exactly. yeah and there's
4: like mothers and fathers who you know do that to their kids yeah. and do terrible things and to like to totally find that in your heart to like mm-hmm. not necessarily forget it and pass it but to like forgive them right. like the best way that you can just yeah. so you can continue
0: to grow. Right. It's like really big. Right. Why do you guys think this is one of the Ten Commandments? Why did God see it fit to make this part of his top ten rules for us? Honor your father and mother.
4: I feel like it's like, I feel like I'm talking a lot, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but it's okay. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like God made us he like created the idea of us mm. but he needs a way to actually bring us into the world yeah like, he can't necessarily i mean he could he could just make us a lot of sticks anytime he wanted <laughs> to make a new person yeah like he's chosen to like chosen to do it this way yeah and, like bring us into the world through like one another mm-hmm. so it's like a mother is the vessel through which god is bringing you into the world so like mm. by honoring like your mother and also your father it's
0: part in that too but like honoring them is mm-hmm. like honoring god
4: like your
0: creator yeah. uh, that's like perfectly said yeah <laughs> did, you, did you think about that before no i actually haven't <laughs> wow you're so good with words kayla <laughs> yeah uh and it's so crazy like that god did choose to make like that a way of like bringing new life into the world yeah, yeah. so crazy
4: yeah. yeah. I have mean, never thought
0: about it like that. But yeah. now that I said it like that like, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, honor your father and mother. Um it's, it's going to be easy for some of us and very hard for others of us, but God still calls us to do it. Um even if you're not living with them anymore, finding ways to honor them and respect them. Um And then the next one, you shall not murder. So this is a good rule for just a successful society. Do you want to say something? Oh,
1: yeah. I had a question. Yeah. Why do you think that he says, like, to honor your father and mother, mm-hmm. uh, that your days may be long in the land your
0: God gives you? Ooh, that is a great question. Yeah, um,
1: like what's, that, what's that have to do with it?
0: Yeah. Because I think there's definitely people in the world that honor their father and mother and live short lives.
1: Yeah
4: back then like it was more common I think for like kids to live with their parents like until they Mm. get married and have their own kids so I feel like kids like and even like into adulthood like they probably relied on their parents more so it's like if you don't honor your parents and like you they like throw you out to the wolves or whatever then like where are you gonna live what are you gonna do I feel like probably back then it was as common for like, if you're moving out of your parents, it's because you're moving in with your now husband. Right, wife, yeah,
0: yeah. I
4: don't know, that's what would be my guess. Yeah. Really
0: yeah, that does make sense. And, yeah, I'm not sure exactly why. I mean, I think the, sometimes throughout the Bible it says that, like, do this and then blessings will follow you the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's true, like, God always blesses obedience. But, yeah, that's a really good question. I'll have to look more into that, if it's like a promise, like, are we gonna live a long life because we trust, I mean, because we honor our parents, I do think what the Kayla said is probably a lot of it, yeah, also, it's just better, like, when we do honor people, it usually means we have less drama in our life, and then less drama, less stress, less stress, longer life, <laughs> um, Yeah. (laughs) Life motto. Uh, But yeah, you shall not murder. This is, like I said, a good rule for a successful society, right? Because a society where everyone's just killing each other would be terrible to live in. Not okay. Um, We're not the creator of life. So therefore, we have no right to give or to take it, right? Um, Because we didn't give the life. I mean, sometimes like, I mean, as women, we like create life within us. But like, God gave us the life. And then you know that plays into like why abortion is wrong because we have no, we don't have the right to take a life, um, but when it comes to murder as well, because we're not God, we cannot take a life. Um, but we know that Jesus takes this commandment to the next level in the Sermon on the Mount. What does he say about this commandment that you guys remember, that he kind of sheds some light on what he means about our hearts? Anybody remember it off the top of their head? Basically, he says that if you even think something bad about someone, you've murdered them in your heart. So again, he's taking it back to our heart's desire. So you can make it through your whole life without physically murdering someone, but you could have murdered the same person 500 times in your head, and that would be just the same in God's eyes which is crazy, right? Because we see murdering someone physically is 10 times worse than murder than thinking a bad thought about someone or gossiping about someone. Um, but in God's eyes, he's like, no, that's a person I created. Why are you thinking about them that way? Why are you talking about them that way? Which just adds a whole nother level of seriousness about- to it, but also shows us that God is after our hearts. He's not after just our actions. He wants our hearts too. Aw, she wants a Bible. No. <laughs>
4: Yeah, and i feel like it's too like god is like the most like just judge at the end of the yeah. day too so it's like mm-hmm. if we're having those thoughts about someone or like diving in because like the whole like oh well they're a bad person I killed them like whatever yeah. like justification you have or like thinking badly about them like oh well they're rude or whatever like mm-hmm. God is that thing of like God's like well I, like, I'm taking care about it like that's not for you to worry right. about what good or bad this person is doing like I'm the one who's mm. like in charge of that and like I'll make those decisions like right. don't think about them poorly just continue to show them love yeah like I've got everything else covered
0: right which is so hard in the moment mm. so hard but it's so true God is the just judge mm. yeah and then The seventh commandment is you shall not commit adultery. Also a good rule for a successful society and a successful family structure. We don't want adultery happening. Um, Why do you think this commandment is important to God? Why do you think he put it in the Ten Commandments?
1: Well, because, like, like a husband and wife is, like, a depiction of, like... Mm -hmm our like relationship with god yeah right, right. and like israel mm-hmm. cheated on on god so many times yeah. we do it all the time you right know? so i, guess, yeah. That's how I think of yeah
0: yeah yeah he doesn't want adultery to happen because that just like cracks the pers- the reflection that marriage is supposed to be yeah for sure yeah when we cheat and go outside the plan Uh, that God has for marriage, then we fail to reflect the covenant relationship that God has with his people. Um, And then also it's just like brings a whole ripple effect of hurt and disaster with it. Um, It never goes well at all. Um, And then Jesus takes us a step farther in the Sermon on the Mount and says that if you even look at another person lustfully, then you've committed adultery with them. So again, he's after our hearts. You can stay committed like to your spouse or um, stay like, Um, what's it called like if you don't get married stay like celibate is that the word it's such a weird word i don't know why um but if your heart's in the wrong place basically god is saying you've committed adultery anyway um god is after our hearts he wants all of us our hearts our deeds at all that's why we need a new heart um and then the eighth commandment you shall not steal also a great rule for society god knows what's best he's like don't steal it just won't go well Um, and then you shall not bear false witness about your neighbor again a great rule God knows like exactly how to set up like a great you look confused yeah
1: I've never really understood that
0: one Um, it's like lying about something that your neighbor did so like if I was like Kate, if I like set fire to the building and then I blamed it on you that'd be bearing false witness about you it could also be like um, just like gossiping or bending the truth or anything that's like false witness yeah So, basically, don't lie. And then you shall not covet. This is the last commandment. Why do you think God put this commandment last? You shall not covet. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's very easy to do. Covet just means, like, jealousy or, like, um like wanting something that someone else has and like god wants us to be content with him of course but if we don't covet we probably won't steal or cheat or lie or murder or do a lot of these other things that the 10 commandment tells us not to do if we just are content with what the lord has blessed us with then it'll keep us out of a lot of a lot of trouble um so yeah a lot of these rules work off one another I don't know why I chose to eat goldfish right now. It's probably yeah. So, going a different route, how do you guys see how Moses reflects Jesus in these two chapters?
3: He leads the Israelites into God's like presence and covenant. Jesus mm-hmm. leads us to God's presence and His new covenant. Yeah.
0: I should not eat goldfish when I'm teaching. Yeah, he's like, he's the mediator. He goes up on the mountain. He intercepts for the people. He brings down the law. Um. So cool thing that I, and I don't know like how... Like, I don't know if other theologians or whoever would be like, yeah, that's totally what's like, that's totally there on purpose. But, um, I was studying the book of Exodus on my own, in my own devotional time at the same time as I was studying the Sermon on the Mount for Coffee and Conversations. And I was reading this chapter, sorry, (laughs) she's had to sit still for a long time. Um, and Jesus, he goes on top of the sermon, the mountain, To preach, right? He he walks up the mountain just like Moses walks up the mountain um, to preach, and he preaches a lot of rules that reflect the Ten Commandments, and he kind of like expands them in a way. So it's like this parallel of Mount Sinai uh, with with Moses as as a mediator and the mountain that Jesus is preaching on with Jesus as the mediator. And you'll see at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, chapter six, that the people come near to the mountain that Jesus is preaching on. But then in Exodus, the people are far off. And I was just, like, amazed by that. Because of who Jesus was and because of his perfection and holiness, people are able to draw near to God and hear from him. But because of just – because Jesus hadn't happened yet, the people had to stand far off. And so I was just, like, mind blown by that reflection. And I don't know if it's, like, something that is, like – Commonly referred to, I, I've never heard of it, but it was just a cool thing that I saw. Um, so looking at these rules, this is my last question. Sorry, I've been going for a while. Um, Sorry to
1: anyone who's listening. And yeah, blew out your eardrums. No,
0: this is this is just real life. Um, how do we not get legalistic about following the rules that God has given us, but maintain a heart posture that is good? How do we not get legalistic?
3: Yeah. And remember that Jesus said the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, all those things I don't remember. yeah but He said that was like the most important commandment. So I mm. think that if we truly, truly love God, we will want to do that. Yeah. Like it won't just be something we'll feel like we'll have like being forced to do, like we we'll actually want to follow those commandments so right. we can be closer to Him and so we can live that holy life that like He has planned for us. Mm. So
0: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, remembering that he's merciful.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: He's,
0: like, holy, but he's also gracious. Yeah. Yeah, that's good.
1: I think
4: it, like, goes with, like, what you said before. Like, having a relationship with God, like, isn't about getting, like, brownie points. Like, mm. reading your Bible every day isn't going to get you brownie points with God. Right. Like, not, you know, desiring something that someone else has isn't going to, like, get you brownie points with God. Mm. It's more just about, like, if you focus your eyes on God and love him then, like, these things are just going to fall into place. Right. Like, it's not about, like, not stealing for the sake of not stealing. It's, mm. like, just loving God because you love God and, like, you're not doing those things because you know it goes against, like, what he right. wants
0: for you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all about where, like, our eyes are at. I like what you said. If our eyes are on him, everything just kind of falls into place. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome.
3: And it's so cool because, like, if it doesn't, we have Jesus. Yeah. That's just so awesome. Yeah.
0: Like, we have him. Like, that's so cool. It is. There's so much pressure relieved when you think of, like, who Jesus is. There's so much
3: mercy there. Yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. Which is why we don't have to stand far off in fear anymore, but we can be, we can draw near to God because of who Jesus is. He tore the veil. There's no, there's no distance between us and God now because in God's eyes, we're as perfect as Jesus was, which is crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, and this, um, the whole Bible is full of, like, rules that God has for us and and things that he wants us to do with our lives and ways he wants us to follow him. And these will always remain rules that we just want to check off unless we have that changed heart, unless we know how much God loves us, unless we have a reason behind what we're doing. Um, So, yeah, lean into God, learn more about him, and then, like Kayla said, everything will just kind of fall into place. Um, Cool. Well, I'll pray for us, and then we'll do prayer requests. Um, yeah. Would anyone else like to pray? I always steal the prayer. Okay, I'll just pray. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for who you are. Um, God, it's crazy that we are able to talk to you um, and that you hear us and that we have the ability to bring to you just what we're thinking and what we're struggling with. And Lord, thank you for just the Bible that tells us more about who you actually are and so we can form what we think about you through actual truth and lord thank you for all these ladies who come so faithfully and thank you for what you're doing in their lives um lord would you help us reflect you more would you help us not legalistically follow the rules but would you just change our hearts focus our eyes on you would we genuinely love you genuinely love the people around us and yeah god just help us shine who you are in all areas of our lives even the darkest parts um and the darkest places we go lord we love you and we trust you and it's in your name i pray amen